full of amazing stories. And the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Welcome to Where We Landed. We are excited about this week's podcast guest, and I am your podcast host today, or one of the three, Scott Miller. I'm joined today by Kylie Jackson. Hey, everybody. And I'm also here with Iris Brunner. hey Uh We're excited. And before we introduce our guests, I'm going to turn it over to Iris. Should have just went. I have a question. And I'm going to put you on the spot, Scott, since you always save me the best for last when you introduce us. All right. Um, you got to go first. Good. If you could snap your fingers and become the expert on one topic, what would you choose? Basketball coaching. Oh, that was good. You didn't even hesitate. You went straight for it. Yeah, that would be mine. So, uh, so what so, would, the end goal would be what? Well, so I'd want to win a no. I just like to fingers. win a state championship. Just one? Wow, that's yeah. a really modest goal yeah. for the expert of <laughs> basketball. Well, I'd like to win one at the one A level, one at the two A <laughs> oh. level, one at the three A level, one at the four A level, okay. and then maybe go college. And then I'll do pro. The, be the the first coach to, to win, win at like every level. Every oh. level, yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. So I like that. Yeah. What, what um, was that, Kylie? Uh, yeah. For me, uh, woodworking. Oh, oh and yeah. I know you've been sampling that a little bit. Did too. you see yeah. her light up when she said it? Yeah. I totally believe it. Yeah, I think that would be uh, it's one of those hobbies that I really am enjoying learning, but I don't do very well when I'm not really good at something already. And so it's one of those things where like I make a lot of mistakes and it's one of the, I think it's one of those things that you just you the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And I just want to skip all those steps. Yeah. <laughs> could could we commission a rocking chair or anything? I mean, once I'm the expert, yeah. yeah. Is that a like a chair. month away or is that... Uh... <laughs> Are you snapping your fingers? Yeah. I'm snapping the finger. Snap, snap your fingers. Um, mm-hmm. Eric, you get to answer this question too. Oh, we oh. didn't introduce oh. me. So we will. We will. We will. We will. We will. Some that, guy named Eric over Yep, here. some yeah. guy named Eric. Answer uh, the question. See if they can guess your voice. I <laughs> would like to be an expert at... Uh, in a music, a musician, composer. I want to want to be an expert ah, composer. Oh, that's okay. great. So that's great. I would have a lot of avenues to it. Mm-hmm. I so there's a couple of things that immediately come to mind, but as I was like listening um, to everybody else's answers, um, I kind of always think about. I have so much. Um, Oh, I don't know what the word is I want to use for it, but like I literally hold Brene Brown and like her ability to like study shame mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way to be like, I study shame. But so I'm like, what would I, what do I feel like I really need like more work on and like patience? Like, could I become I the be an expert, expert in patience? In patience. And not because I want to teach other people, but just because I want to be a better mom. Well, so that's why. Yeah. I'll, I'll share a little story and Kylie. Yeah, so yeah. In, yeah, in high to. school, we had, so we had a brand new youth pastor come to town. And I remember the first thing he said to us, it, you know, because people that might ask mm-hmm. that same question, never ask for patience because God will then send you all of these things that will, <laughs> will test your patience. So never pray yes. for patience. Right, said. right. You, you, you guys, have heard, tested. You guys yeah. have heard stories about my Leo, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's your praise. <laughs> patience. Uh, yeah. Yes. I'm sorry, Kylie, yeah. I interrupted. No, you. That's good. thank you. Guys. That's that good. good. Good to that's know. That's good. I thought you were going to say something like, all the Disney hacks. Or oh, no, I'm already expert. there. Oh, no, I'm you're already, there. already an expert at <laughs> traveling to Disney. Huh? No, not really. I don't ever want to be an expert because then I won't go back. Oh, okay. I want to keep going. All right. Yeah. <laughs> keep the magic alive. Yes. All right. Seeker of joy. All right. Well, you probably already guessed who our guest is. Uh, if not by his voice, then at least when you saw his name, when you clicked on today's episode. <laughs> or saw the picture. <laughs> we always pretend like it's a secret, but like right. you Everyone's had to see it. No. <laughs> yeah. So today our guest, uh, we are so excited to have Eric Marshall join us. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Thank goodness you have that. Yeah. <laughs> a round of boom. <laughs> wait, well, wait, I thought of this one. This is perfect for you. Okay. 
Because you play the trombone. That's yes, why I did I it. Do. Yeah. And oh. I'm going to go home and try a replica. Okay. <laughs> 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 you don't need the trombone. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I knew you were coming today, I was like, oh, we've got sad trombone on the board. So I was going to wait for a place to use it, but. Now we have. The, the, we've got it down now. Okay. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm excited to introduce Eric. Um, he's, you know, I think everybody knows you. Um, so I we don't really need much of a bio, but mm -hmm. photographer, creative guy, rollerblader, musician, yeah. uh, does a little bit of everything, nonprofit board volunteer um he's uh he's been around our community his his whole life and i can't wait to hear um more about uh his story so welcome eric thank you thank you and um you have listened to the podcast before yes. so yes. uh first question is how did you land here well you know that's a question i asked my mom when i was a uh, like teenager preteen, probably but I was born in Marion General Hospital. Uh, and uh, On a dark and stormy night. Yeah, okay. on a dark and stormy night. <laughs> and uh, I have a very close friend who also was born uh, on the same day, four hours before me. His name is Daryl, not to get him involved in this, but it, it's kind of <laughs> unique that I have a, a close friend who actually lives in Marion again after mm -hmm. being away for 40 years. Mm -hmm. He grew up across the street from me, at, which I may have said already. And yeah, he's four hours older than me. So I've been in Marion resident since day one. The difference between he and I is he left and lived in New York for 30 years. And I came right back to Marion after graduating from college. So yeah. I think Daryl would be great to have uh, yes. on the podcast he has someday very too. A very interesting story. And um, is he your inspiration when you say you want to be an expert at a, yeah, a composer? Actually, he is. Yeah, I would, I would say he's an expert composer. Yeah. Um, he's a very accomplished musician and, a uh, good role model yeah. in that way. Um, but yeah, I, and I was one of these people that from when I, I referenced my mom and how did we end up in Marion? I used to ask her that question in a not so kind way. I'm like, why do we live in Marion, Indiana? You know? And that would kind of hurt her feelings. She didn't really appreciate that because she, she thought it was a great place to live. Even though she wasn't a Marion resident, she didn't grow up here. Um, she grew up in the South. And uh, so it's taken me a number of years to appreciate uh, what's so what's so special about Marion. Um, but when I was in college, I uh, my intentions were to uh, graduate with a journalism degree, which I did, and I wanted to be a photojournalism journalist and travel the world, work for National Geographic, and do exciting things like that. And I had some nice highlights during my college career with internships at newspapers and uh, different stringing opportunities I had. Uh, in school. So I got a taste of being a photojournalist, but I ended up moving back home to Marion after I graduated um, and I opened a photography studio. So um, and the reason why I moved back to Marion was my dad had uh, come down with lung cancer and it was uh, going to be terminal. So I thought, well, I'll come back to Marion for a short period of time until, you know, trying to help through the family thing. And I've never left. So yeah. And that was also part of my grandmother's design, I think, because uh, I might have professed too loudly about not wanting to stay in Marion when I was a kid. Mm. So almost the same time I graduated from college, uh, my grandmother put some real estate in my name. <laughs> and that was kind of like, a, you know, <laughs> that was the, the ball and chain. Yeah, that. in, a way, in <laughs> yeah. a way. But, you know, at the time I had uh Three of my grandparents were still alive and both parents. And I grew up uh, on Nebraska Street. And from about age 10 forward, I had all four grandparents right next door. Oh, next door and two doors down. So it was quite special to go to be able to spend a lot of time with my grandparents growing mm -hmm. up. Um, and I was always hanging out with my grandparents. Um, both of my grandmothers were excellent cooks. Mm -hmm. So and they my mom was not. <laughs> Uh, rest her, rest her beautiful soul. She, yeah. if she was sitting here right now, she would tell you she had no interest in cooking. Uh -huh. She did it because that's what's something you do when you're a housewife, yeah. you know, or 
that the right word? House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She stayed home mom. Mm-hmm. She raised four kids at home and then ultimately got a job after we all got out of school. But anyway, so yeah, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents and I feel very um, blessed to have had that experience. I think they had a lot to do with the person I turned out to be. My dad was very busy working. He was a General Motors employee. Um, and then he helped my grandfather who had a restaurant, a bar, Marshall's Tavern. A lot of people mm-hmm. remember. Um, Where was that? It was on East 18th Street or 18, Highway 18, uh, right across from the train station cafe. Where your photo where, studio, where my was. studio was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so there's a very interesting story there with my grandparents. And I'm, I'm the fourth generation of my family, Marshall family, to live in Marion. So here I am. Awesome. Doing my thing. <laughs> so, so talk a little bit about um, the studio. Talk talk about what that was like starting that and your experience with it and what kept you kept you taking pictures. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was so naive when I graduated from college, and I didn't realize that at the time. I thought I knew everything, you know. But uh, it's very naive and moved back to Marion. I thought, well, I'll just open a photography studio. And my grandfather, fortunately, had. The building that he had his restaurant and the bar in also had a pool hall, a barber shop, and uh, there was an empty space that years ago was a dry cleaning drop-off site. Hmm. This is a little 450 square foot space or 900 square feet. Yeah, about 900 square feet. Um, and he had it filled to the ceiling with 50 years of stuff that he had collected <laughs> from being in business all those years. So I moved back. That was the... Uh, logical spot for me to open a studio. So I had to dispense with the junk and kind of remodel the inside. Um, and I just opened up and put a shingle out and start, you know, I bought some more studio oriented equipment and just start advertising and doing families. And man, I, when I stop and look at like the, uh, the files and negatives and proofs that I have, that's before even digital, it's absolutely amazing to me how many people I have photographed in 30 years. I opened uh, my studio in 1987, so it's been over 30 years. Mm. And uh, it's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And it's, it, I used to pride myself in the beginning of my studio of remembering everyone. Mm-hmm. I can remember every, you know, little kids and every. And then at some point, of course, <laughs> Asia I'd have something to do with that as well, but... Yeah, I, my brain didn't have room for all of it. Uh-huh. So I can't remember all my customers anymore. And people change and grow up. Yeah, so exactly. what happens to me now is someone that I photographed 15 years ago when they were eight, let's say, <laughs> will come walking up to me. Hey, Mr. Marshall, Eric, how you doing? I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, hey, how are how? you? Uh, ooh. And they may mention their parents' name uh-huh. or they'll usually they'll say, you shot my family photo. I'm like, oh, okay, well. You were a little different back then. Now, you know, <laughs> I look the same mostly, except my hair's all white. So, but, but it's pretty. It's pretty cool to have that kind of um, relationship with the community. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like you shot entire generations' senior photos. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Mine. Yeah. You did mine. Yeah. So it uh, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. I mean, in terms of how the years pass and these people that you met as kids are now adults. And then some of them have kids. And um, I've done playhouse dance studio photos every year for probably 30 years. And so I am actually on some grandkids of people that I photographed. And now they were at the upper age when they, when I photographed them, but still I yeah. got some grandkids that's, in there. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's. I remember when you were cleaning out that building uh, before you sold it, and you were digging through old negatives and finding all of that old stuff, and some of the the people, <laughs> you know, people we know in the community, yeah. and you're digging up their their senior pictures or their dance pictures. It's, it's a treasure trove of, <laughs> of stuff, and it's all in my basement now. And it, that's like a winter project. I keep saying I'm gonna like take a box at a time because I'd like to get rid of them and get them to the people that own the, you know, they're in them and possible, but there's some yeah. priceless photos. <laughs> yeah. <in there>. I've <laughs> seen some Bobby Browder frosted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the kind of thing. 
<laughs> that's what I was gonna say. I feel like I feel like um, of us, uh, we we all need to divulge like what our uh, most embarrassing picture uh, was. That we have. Eric probably has it. Yeah. Well, there was there's one yeah. guy that I I met as an adult, and he was like the coolest cat ever, and he will remain unnamed. But I was around, and I was like, yeah, this guy looks familiar. Looks familiar. And then one day I was going through some stuff, and boom, there was this name. I'm like, ah, and I pulled out these photos. High school, he was a nerd. He's come a long way. And, you know, I was a nerd too, so I'm not. I think we need to, after this one airs, we all need to post a senior picture. Yeah. Mine, I have a big fro of mine, yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> mine were great. I had a really great photographer. That, that so. helped. Yeah. <laughs> what we we're talking about uh, senior photos and things. What were you like in high school, Eric? Uh, Mr. Photographer. Well, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a musician initially. I told my mom, that was the first thing I professed that I wanted to be. And she's poured wa cold water all over that. Oh. Like, no, that is not a good profession. You know, that, you know, that, just no, uh, -huh. uh, which kind of broke my heart. And I, I kind of wish I hadn't listened to her, but I did. Cause I ultimately quit playing trombone. And then I decided I wanted to be a photographer. What that was kind of always the goal. I was always interested in photography, but and when I announced that to her, maybe like a year or two later, she still was kind of like, eh, that's a good hobby. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but, really think got a, a better job, provide a better living. And Did she have suggestions? Did she have ideas? I think parents of our generation wanted us to all be doctors and lawyers yeah. and things like that. And not, you know, not into entertainment. Anyway, they want, we all went, all, they wanted us to go to college. All four of my sisters and I went to college and graduated with degrees and Two of my sisters have advanced degrees, so um, we followed through on that. Both of my parents had college degrees too, so um, they were they set a good example. What but, What was your favorite subject in school? You know, I had a second major in in uh, psychology, mm. and I found that I was very pretty good at understanding that. And if I had gone back to school, I would have spent more time on that. Uh, so, and that was kind of by accident because as a journalism major at IU, you have to have like so many hours in your minor that two more classes and you have a double major. So you, why wouldn't you do that? Mm -hmm. um, uh, initially, I was not a fan of journalism school because you had to learn how to write. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that I wasn't a good writer until <laughs> I was sitting in J100 class. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so hard like lessons. This, yeah. Well, and the, the, the other thing about you were, uh, motioning like writing well in journalism back in the day we had to sit down at manual typewriters oh. and compose at the manual typewriter mm. so you couldn't write it on a piece of paper and then transfer it no you had to sit there they give you the facts and you had to make it up as you go yeah and go. thank goodness i knew how to type because there were some people that didn't know how to type mm. so at least had typing down but then you had the white out and the <laughs> by my Junior year, we had Macs, computers. Okay. <laughs> but initially, manual typewriters. I'm not making that up. So I sound like I'm a yeah, really you're, old. you're really dating yourself. But, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I had some. And I remember calling home to my mom and saying, Mom, if I just want to be a photographer, why do I have to go through this? <laughs> and I am so thankful that she was, you know, Eric, it's going to be worth it. Da, 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 da. And I learned how to write. I learned the well, the school of journalism at IU has this, did have the second lowest GPA of the school, next to optometry. Mm. And their philosophy was: if you're an A student, that means you're a professional. You you should be writing for professionally. Okay. So, and they, most classes had like a letter grade per mistake, so you could write the best paper. If you had three misspelled words, you're getting a C. If you had the, if you Ooh, had, good the, thing we have spell check these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had the uh, one of the sources names wrong, you're getting an F. Wow. No matter. So those are some hard lessons that, you know, I don't can't tell you how many times I got C's. I'm like, uh. but as a professional and in my business, I did in 30 years. I did a lot more than photography. I did graphic design, and I'm done. And so. Those things that I learned in college paid off big time yeah. as a professional. And I never stopped learning either. I still learn. I'm still learning every day. Anybody who's in school who thinks when they get out of school, they're done learning is not going to go very far in life, in yeah. my opinion. So. 
you've been involved in several boards here in the community. Um, always interested in hearing your perspective on our community, especially a lifelong guy who's been here. What are the things that you might say, great place to be, great place to live. Here are some things that we could do to be even better. Well, I think we have great residents and, um, there's, there's a lot of uh, great people that have concern for our community. And I say, I guess if I were critical, I would say only 68, 60% of them participate. So there's another 40% that don't get tapped into. I think there's, mm-hmm. there are people, I see a lot of the same faces in the volunteer yeah. words. And we're always trying to, when I'm on those boards, we're always trying to think of somebody who's out of the box that, you know, is not in part of that group. Mm-hmm. So I think all of us could do better in that regard. Uh, when it comes to board participation. Um, But it's difficult because people don't always have the time to commit to a volunteer endeavor. So that's, it's a mixed bag because if you get someone that says yes, but their heart really isn't in it, then they're not going to contribute like they possibly could. So I understand that we all have time, limited amount of time in a day. And uh, I've been involved. The first board I was on was the chamber. Mm. That's, I think I found a picture of that. Uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll dig that one up. Chamber and then Civic Theater. And oh my God, the Civic Theater was a mess when I was on the board. There was financial. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this, you know, it wasn't such a good experience as a volunteer. It was like your warning, like, oh my yeah, goodness. All, <laughs> what but, am I actually? A, a, and I guess that's why we don't have a Civic Theater anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's a hard, it's a hard thing because no one's getting paid or most cases yes. are yeah. people get paid. And, um, so civic theater, uh, family service board, which was a great experience. And that was a very, uh, opening experience to the community to understand it a lot, a lot better than I did. Cause when you didn't grow up, you don't pay attention to a lot of things, um, move away, go to college. And then you come back with hopefully a little more, uh, understanding of the world. Um, how old were you when you started being tapped for those boards? Probably like 24, 25, right out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I served on the hospital board for two and a half terms or whatever, um, the maximum amount you could. And that was a very good learning experience. And I have great respect for our, our hospital through that process. I also became a little jaded with the, with the healthcare business, not, mm-hmm. not, casting any shadow or any dispersions on our organizations, but just in general, mm-hmm. because you don't not coming from that world. There's a lot of things you learn harsh realities about, you mm-hmm. know, what make what it takes to have a nice hospital, yeah. or what it takes to be a good physician, all those kinds of things. And so as a board member, you're trying to weigh those concerns and be good steward to the hospital, but still look out for our community, all those things. Great experiences though. Mm-hmm. I, um, uh, now I serve on the community foundation, which I have a lot of confidence in. I think mm-hmm. uh, they're celebrating 38 years of existence and the amount of money that they've accumulated over those years is, I think is amazing. I think it speaks well for our community. I remember when they started the community foundation <laughs> and I have to admit I was skeptical. I had the cynical idea that, Oh gosh, Marion, Indiana, Grant County, people aren't going to, they're not going to give They're, you know, and I was, I think I've been proved wrong. Uh, but I also, I had those feelings because I felt like there were families that have lived and died in Marion, Indiana, that accumulated huge amounts of wealth that I don't see any buildings named after them. Mm. Uh. They may not, they're not around anymore. The few of the families I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. And then you compare our community to Muncie you got the ball foundation and those types of things. So, or I or the Honeywell. Pick, yeah, Wabash, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you can look around and pick yeah. cherry pick up. Uh, and there are examples of that in our community now, mm-hmm. but I think years ago when the foundation was first getting going, uh, philanthropy was not on the front of people's minds in Grant County. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the having a foundation has been a good vehicle for people to think about, think in those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, or just change the perspective on what philanthropy actually is. Like when I hear philanthropy, I immediately think, you know, this 
large number, this huge amounts of of dollars that you donate, but it's not really, I mean, it's any amount, right? And I I think they've done a really great job of of educating on that as well. Yeah, small Mm -hmm. amounts add up, 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So. Absolutely. Also uh, really involved with Main Street. Yeah, it was. Time. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I had a very genuine interest in downtown Marion with uh, having a building that was pretty much downtown. It was on the edge of downtown. But um, and I feel like some of the things that we were doing those years ago maybe built some momentum that mm-hmm. is we're realizing now. At least I'd like to think that. Absolutely. Even though Main Street's not really functioning as an organization mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. But um, with the uh, fusion arts uh council or alliance alliance mm-hmm. um and the mary arts commission and mm-hmm. i think there's some good things going on yeah. activities and where we landed is supported today by marion design co a social design studio whose mission is to create sustainable design solutions to magnify the powerful stories behind organizations businesses, and individuals. We believe good design should be accessible to everyone. Our clients include Marion Health, Mississinawa Schools, Princeton University, the City of Marion, and more. With a combined 46 years of professional design experience, collaboration is critical to our empathic design solutions through graphic design, interior design, placemaking design, and design thinking. Whether it's branding, marketing, space planning, commercial or residential interior designs, or strategic design thinking, Marion Design Co. will hold your story with care. Located in downtown Marion, Indiana, reach out to hello at mariondesign.co, find us at www.mariondesign.co, or on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Eric, over the last few podcasts, I've shared a couple of things that I've come to learn. One is we've had a little bit of a declining population over the last 50 years in Grant County. Um, how can, from your perspective, is there anything we can do to grow our population in Grant County and anything that, that you would say, this is a solution to that issue from your perspective? Man, that's a tough one. Um, well, like the news we got yesterday about General Motors and those types of things, make you feel like, Oh, there's a chance. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like a young person has a hard time finding a well-paying job in yeah. Grand County. Um, so I understand when they move away to better opportunities. Um, and there are times when I think, Oh man, if I had moved somewhere else, I'd be this, I'd be that, whatever. And I'll never know that. But, um, I have friends who did live the life that I wanted to live. And they've pointed out to me, they think I have it pretty well. And so I'm like, it took them to say, Hey man, yeah, that's not so bad, Eric. I think if I were you, I'd be pretty happy about that. So we have a good quality of life here in Marion. Um, I will admit when I sold my building five years ago, I was looking to move somewhere else. I was trying to, yeah, I was looking for like, the coast, South Carolina. You were looking for like some winter home yeah, stuff. You, yeah. you were trying to be a snowbird. snowbird yeah. yeah. And, it, uh, <laughs> and I love South Carolina and I, that's a good place to visit. But uh, on, on some of my ex- excursions to find property, as I was driving home on the two lane road said, you know, route 34 evacuation route. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought to myself, okay, Eric, let's pretend you bought a house back there and everything you own is back in that house and there's a hurricane coming and you're going on this evacuation route. Where are you going? What are you going to do? And what happens to all your stuff? And I thought, you know, I don't think that's for me. It's a good place to so, visit. Yeah. So the Midwest <laughs> mm-hmm. and I have an uncle that lives in Santa Fe. He's trying to get me to move there uh, and some cousins there. And I love Santa Fe, but uh, I don't think I want to live in a desert either. That's a desert basically. There's, there's, there's creatures there that we don't know how to, to manage. Plus they don't have a, we don't have water. We have, that's a big deal. And it took Daryl, my buddy to tell, point out he's living in Minneapolis and he said 20% of the earth's uh, fresh water is in the great lakes, right? In Mm -hmm. this part of the country, this part of the world. So Mm -hmm. we're in a good vicinity with the way the world's changing and, yeah. I don't know. I could see the water table in, in Santa Fe drying up and then, you know, what are you going to do Yeah, if you can't get any water into your house? What, what's been, you mentioned a little bit of travel. What's been your favorite place to travel to 
And I'm going to hit you two on that one as well. But, yeah. but Eric, what's your favorite place to travel to? Well, I'll go through a list of places I've been. I went to Cuba for eight yeah. days. That was pretty cool. That yeah. was just recently. Well, uh, about three longer. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been to uh, uh, Thailand. Uh huh. Bangkok, I've been to Ghana. Uh, no, I did not go to Bangkok. Went to uh, Chiang Mai and um, oh, uh, uh, Pai, uh-huh. which is like a little mountain town. Did you have you been? There? I haven't. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> Pai is an excellent, beautiful, most beautiful area. It's like a mountain village, but there's 737 switchbacks highway to get there. Oh and they're gosh. not making it up. They got shirts. You buy the shirt. So you're in a 737. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in a, uh, you're in a 15 passenger van. Do you get car sick at all? I not? didn't, but <laughs> yeah, I was glad. And they stopped about halfway and let you catch your breath. Yeah. And there's, I mean, it's not really like scary, like you're going to fall yeah. off, but it's just turning back. Yeah. Uh, Thailand. I've been to, I went to Ghana, Africa. I'd like to go back to those places. Yeah. I like to go back to Europe. Uh, been to Italy and Switzerland. The very first time I went to Europe was for a wedding in Switzerland for a Mary, Marian resident who met her husband in Folkies. Really? While he was in town on business. Uh, about that. Yeah, and, but he was from Switzerland, so they got married <laughs> in Switzerland. Yeah, that's a good place to I'm go. A, that was what a good business. Gig. Did he have in Marion? I'm so curious. <laughs> he was. He worked for. He was an engineer. He worked for like the okay. glass companies or something. He had oh, something okay. to do with High America. Or he was in town for them. But mm, anyway, nice. Yeah, I wonder how many folky stories we have like that. <laughs> Probably <laughs> lots of met marriages. Folkies. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Irish. Uh, oh, yeah. So travel. Yeah. I don't. Thailand. I want to go back to Thailand. Probably. Yeah. Soon. Well, tell me when you're going. Okay. I might join you. <laughs> Iris, you got any? I feel like we've answered this question. Before. Have you Have answered yeah. it? Because yeah, I always probably. say I want to go back to Disney. So, Disney's <laughs> <Okay>. yours. <laughs> Kylie, Russia. Uh, I mean, internationally, probably yeah. Russia um, was, I think, probably especially looking back on it now, a once in a lifetime yeah. chance. Uh, I was just talking to a friend recently. Like, uh, we may have been the we were there the week before the pandemic started. We might be. I've been the last Americans there, you know, in our lifetimes. Uh, But yeah, that was a really great trip. I would spend six months in St. Petersburg. Mm. It was uh, wonderful, but. um, I don't know. I feel like we need to ask you this question in six months. You might have a new answer. Yeah, I'm doing a a lot of traveling this winter. You are. um, Domestically, um, I really love Colorado. Uh My grandparents had a a timeshare in Breckenridge when I was growing up. And so lots of good memories of ski weeks and even in the summer the hiking and things like that i really really like colorado you uh favorite trip probably aruba Mm, loved that yeah and it was uh a month into gene and i's relationship and i already had the trip booked and and i said hey you interested in coming she's like (laughs) okay we need the backstory of why (laughs) it was already booked (laughs) i was just going solo I thought you went ahead and planned like, for like two tickets. No, no, no. It was just me up, going solo. No, it was me going solo. But it, that is a beautiful place. So yeah. if you have a chance, that would be my place. So, cool. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I owe uh, United States, uh, the whole Northwest part of the country, some time. I've yeah. only traveled like, you know, the other way. So yeah. Yeah. maybe go Northwest. Oregon, yeah. mm-hmm. Washington, Montana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all I haven't beautiful. Been I've been to Seattle, but I flew there. And Same. that's really not the. Yeah. yeah. Went, to the, went to the gorge out of Seattle, but that's the furthest I came out. But I do love to travel. I, love, I hope to get the opportunity to spend more time traveling. Yeah. I think the places the place you've been that I really want to go to is Santa Fe. Mm, yeah, you spend a lot of time there, and every time you go, I'm like, you can't tell somebody he's going, or he, he can't yeah. plan a trip with his friends. Or <laughs> uh, okay. I'll let you know. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you know next time. Where do you see our world in the next five years, and then maybe where you see it in the next fifty years? Man. Wow, yeah, this well, is good. I won't be around in fifty years. <laughs> kind of scary, you know. I don't have any children. Yeah. And I stop and think sometimes how I would feel about that question if I did, mm-hmm. because it it seems a little crazy this right now. Yeah. And in my lifetime, this is this is the most like 
unequilibrium. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. You know, sure. something. Yeah. Just the weirdest time that I can draw on, like mm-hmm. with politics and the climate and, and our space uh, exploration, <laughs> wrinkle that into everything. And it's so exciting to see those images that they've shared with the, with the uh, Hubble telescope. Yeah. And yeah. it makes me realize how really insignificant I am in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of the mm. universe. Mm-hmm. So I think we all need to take a little step back and realize that we're just, you know, we're not the center. Right. <laughs> I don't think we are. So that kind of resonates with me a little bit when I hear you say, um, you know, looking at it from that perspective and, you know, and with kids, I'm like, I always say, you know, I always had the luxury of not looking at things with my adult eyes. And like, now I feel like I see everything with my adult eyes and it is kind of scary. I definitely, I mean, thinking about, you know, kids and, you know, (laughs) what mess we're leaving them with. Right. right? So I hear that that resonates with me a lot. So it, um, and I think, um, once you no longer have your parents, is a whole new perspective. I don't have those, those pillars to go ask the questions to. Right. So, right. and it's funny cause I was driving my van yesterday and I was like, Eric, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing this. And I thought, Oh, that's my dad and my mom talking to me. Right now. <laughs> they're not really with me, but they kind of are. Cause you know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, they're always with you. Right. Um, but so I'm optimistic about, you know, my life and where I'll be in five years and hopefully things aren't going to change a lot. Uh, but yeah, things are changing. <laughs> so, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit too, because I feel like we need to make sure we bring it up. Uh huh. Um, so talk to me a little bit about rollerblading. Rollerblading. I, I feel like <laughs> I, I, wonder, I was I'm like, uh, where's she, where's she going with this? What's she going to bring a, up? You're a one and only. I feel like I feel like you're the only person I know that still. Ro- well, I think people think I'm crazy. I feel like too. some people still roller skate, but like uh, you're in it. Like it's big in Europe. He he's it's the like, one. If if you're coming down Kem Road, he's the one he's the guy, in the, in the turn the lane, just like getting it. He's cooking. <laughs> uh, my thing about skating the streets, some people get concerned about me doing that. And I have, you know, mirror on and I'm yeah. uh, my glasses and I'm pretty much stay on the same route. And I kind of know where the traffic is, but I don't like people that slow down for me or try and react to me because then they cause issues. Everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. drive normally. If you want to honk and wave, that's fine. I might not look up because I'm making sure I don't hit any holes and things like that. <laughs> I had wheels on my feet since I was a tiny boy. I had, I bought a skateboard. My dad told me I was prohibited from having a skateboard. <laughs> I bought a skateboard anyway. Prohibited. I was not to get a skateboard. I rode on a skateboard all over town. I made a, I had a, uh, like a little scooter one time I made myself all Wait, over town. You got a little scooter you rode Thing. in here today. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that's a special scooter. That's motorized. <laughs> and that's something that's a 1964 Honda 50. I got to brag about it a little bit. My uh, grandfather bought that in Marion, Indiana, brand new at Broyles Electric on Washington Street for like $340. Mm. And I guess he rode it around some. The story was he bought it from my grandmother, which she was not. There was no way she was ever going to drive that by herself. I don't think she might have ridden on the back of it, but I think he bought it for himself. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> And he used to wear a straw hat and smoked a cigar. And I had a few people that are still alive that used to tell me stories about seeing Alonzo going up 4th Street with this straw hat, and pork pie hat, they called it, cigar in his mouth on this little white Honda. So as a kid, he let our family have it. So my oldest sister, Vicky, rode it around when she was in high school. You had to, had to have a driver. No, you didn't have to have a driver's license at the time. Now you do. But um, so she drove it around and then no one really drove it until I got old enough to. So then I was all over town on that thing. So um, I just wanted my grandfather to give it to me. It's like, Grandpa, you need to give me this Honda. He's like, no, I won't give it to you. No. And I was kind of mad. He goes, he says, well, I'll sell it to you. (laughs) Okay. So I think I paid $110 for it. And he made a receipt and everything. So that's the first titled vehicle I ever owned. <laughs> nice. But what he was doing was protecting himself and me from having to explain to my oldest sister Ooh, why the I Honda know. wasn't hers anymore. Because <laughs> she was coming back to claim it. Uh-huh. And I was proud to tell her, no, you're not. Because <laughs> I, I own it. it. <laughs> I, I bought now, it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't give her an opportunity to refuse to buy it. <laughs> so maybe that wasn't fair. But anyway, so I still own it. And I 
every summer I have it out and I ride around and I like a 15 year old when I'm on it, <laughs> I basically leave my house and I go to Matter Park and I ride around and then I come home <laughs> uh, or run errands on the post to the post office, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not really, I'm kind of frightened of motorcycles. I don't, that's as close as I'll get to having a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. But it's right, fun. Well, I distracted you from yeah. the, ro- the rollerblading. Oh, so rollerblading. Idlewild, <laughs> Idlewild skating rink. Yeah. Uh, skating parties as in elementary school. I looked mm-hmm. forward to that so much. Um, my dad taught me how to skate in uh, the Idlewild. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a pretty good skater. His skates had wooden wheels. Mm-hmm. And that was, meant he, they could slide around and dance and stuff. I never saw him do any of that. But mm-hmm. I couldn't skate in his skates. So I would die, break my neck. But, <laughs> Uh, so I, I still currently uh, patronize the Ottawa. They're nice. open on Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> I love that place. I'm glad they're still here. In October, they open on Sundays, so it's usually when the old folks go. Oh, uh, nice. I, w- I went in there one night on a Friday, Uh-oh. and there were some teenage girls. And as I got onto the rink, into the rink, one of them said, uh, don't hurt yourself, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, let me show you something. Hey, that's exactly what I did. I, I skated circles around her all night. And I just winked at her, like, yeah, okay. Don't hurt yourself, but, but that was a compliment to me. Yeah. I'm like, and the truth of it is, I am probably old enough to be her grandpa. So I didn't get too insulted. Oh, that's good. I, I know you can skate, Kylie. Uh, yes, oh, you can uh, skate. Oh. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The last time I, I roller skated, skate. I broke my arm. I know. I was trying to not bring that up. I was just trying to skip over that to find out if Scott knows how to skate. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I, no. I remember junior high was a huge deal for you, everybody roller skating. Did you guys skating. have like skating Oh, we had big skate. Okay. Skateland. Skateland. Yeah. Was, Skateland. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Freeport, and Illinois. You didn't, you didn't skate? But I was not a skater. Yeah. No. So you've never really tried? I've ice skated, but no roller skating. Oh, well, ice skating is not yeah. easy. Yeah, ice yeah. skating. I've only done that a couple. It's pretty times. challenging. Yeah, and I'm not any good at that either. But I tried it. So, but you're a golfer, see? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't <laughs> golf where the hoot. So, do, do you consider yourself? So, I'm intrigued by this a little bit because I don't know you real well, but I've known you kind of from the periphery. So, do you think you're an extrovert or an introvert? <sighs> <laughs> He's both apparently. Uh, kind of introvert, maybe until I get through the barrier. Yeah. So I could go into a bar or something and sit there and not talk to anyone, or I might leave and make five friends. It just depends on if right. I engage with people in a way that, you know, seems genuine and like this is someone that I want to learn more about. Yeah. Or I can just sit there and kind of observe. Yeah. Um, Stay in your space. Yeah. But mostly, I mean, I'm not afraid. Uh, going into journalism and being a photographer, I had to be able to go up and talk to people and get their name and those kinds of things. And early on, it was a struggle. It was really, uh, I got to go, you know, I got to shoot this or get permission to shoot their photos first, make sure it's okay. And then, you know, get their name and all that stuff. So I think that helped me. So I'm not afraid to, like, I, I could do public speaking pretty well as long as I'm talking about something I know about. Yeah. But I think there's fair to say that like people can be twofold, right? Mm -hmm. Like in when it's your job and it's what you have to do, like sometimes it's easier to push yourself outside of whatever that zone is that you feel safe in. But when it's, when you just get to be you and who you really are, like, I mean, I definitely would say I'm extroverted. 90% 90% of the times, but I definitely feel like I have times where I'm like, you know what? I just need to be quiet over here, which is not very Yeah, I, think, I think like when but, I think of you, Eric, yeah. like there are times where I'll say like, what'd you do this weekend? And you'll be like, uh, well, I played my bass for yeah. eight hours and then like worked <laughs> yeah. on my house. Yeah. Like you, you, you have no problem like going long lengths of time, oh. like entertaining yourself. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think I learned how to, uh, entertain myself as a kid. Um, yeah. So where do you fall in the order? Third. Third. Okay. Okay. Mm. Uh, two older sisters that were three years apart. And then uh, my youngest came, youngest sister came six years. I think she was a surprise. So, so, so you spent a little bit of time being the youngest though, too. Yes. Okay. All right. But the only boy. The only boy. Yeah. And I thought that was cool until they, my sisters just realized there were strength in numbers. So <laughs> let's say they were 
<laughs> well, so, you, that's how you are, right? You have a bunch of girls and a boy. Um, there's three girls and a boy. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm the youngest. Like so, oh. but but my I'm the closest one to me is five. So I'm almost kind of like an only too. So I'm whatever. Uh, but I do have one story I want to bring up before we do the rapid fire of the <laughs> last uh, couple of questions okay. that we need to make sure that we get checked off. I just want to share a story that I hope our listeners can maybe visualize because, like I said, <laughs> oh. I am a joy seeker. And just when I also get to like be witness to other people's joy is also like huge for me. Um so I don't even know where we were going. We were driving somewhere. <laughs> we were driving down Nebraska Street. Uh oh. And here we going. go. Like <laughs> oh, I, I can see like it's just this man outside doing yard work. And I look at Paige and I was like, look at him. He <laughs> is cutting it up. Like he had headphones on and he was dancing. Like he was feeling it. And it was like, that just like trimming like the hedges. <laughs> and as we got closer, I was like, Paige, that's Eric. <laughs> I, I, I wanted him to circle back around just so we could see it again. But he was like, we had somewhere to be. But I just uh, thank you for that moment uh, of joy and that you were just you feeling the music you were feeling the uh a mundane task right. and just having just so much fun with it i have so. no shame and i feel like <laughs> if i have to mow or do yard work is which is not one of my favorite right. things to do then i might as well be happy and entertained yeah and if you can't dance in your own yard yes. then where can you dance <laughs> so I've, had, I've gotten a few looks from people on nebraska street when i'm mowing and i don't care uh, like, I all right. It. And it gets worse when I'm in the backyard. Oh, I really. <laughs> I tone it down for the front yard. Yeah, the front yard. I tone it down a little bit. <laughs> well, before well. we wrap up, um, I wanted to ask uh, one thing I really always appreciate about you, and you mentioned this earlier, but it seems like you're always learning things. And I remember during the pandemic, you went to uh, Victor Wooten, the, the oh his voice camp or his uh bass bass camp yeah, yeah. and you you re you picked up the trombone again in the last few years and um, talk about just some of those the musical things and just like the general like love of continuing to learn yeah I I wish uh, I had more time I wish I had more energy I'm and I'm starting to feel that as I've aged I don't have as much energy as I used to have but yeah there's so much more I want to do and I love music. And uh, I hope that I will get good enough to it with it that I start sharing it with people and they and because that's what you join the Missinaw Valley band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's funny. I was talking bit. to a, a young person and she was telling me that she was getting a piano and she was kind of worried because she hadn't played in ten years and she thought she might have forgotten how to play. And I said. Young lady, uh, I haven't played the trombone. I didn't play the trombone for 40 years. Mm. And that's longer than she's been alive. <laughs> I said, so I didn't play longer. I didn't play the trombone longer than you've been alive. And I picked it back up and I'm doing okay. So I think you can handle yeah. the 10 year loss on the, on the piano. That's yeah. good. So I that was some it. perspective for her. But yeah. yeah, I mean, some of those things you learn as a kid, you don't, you don't forget. That doesn't mean you're going to be good at it when you pick it back up. But it's right. taking some time. And I'm still... The, I, I got like a gold award on a solo contest when I was in high school. So I still have that piece of music. A gold is like missing like three mistakes. I think mm -hmm. I still have that piece of music. And as a barometer for my progress, when I can play that as good as I did in high school, that's when I know I feel like you're back. back. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm close. I've, I'd play around with it some, but mm -hmm. that's like a little, I'm so glad I had that music because yeah. I was like, Oh, this will be a good test for me. And I'm getting there. That's awesome. I'm not putting it down. So let's rapid fire our questions that we always have to ask. All right. What are you listening to? Podcasts? What are you reading? What are you watching? Rapid fire. Fast, fast, fast. No, uh, <laughs> I just got a new book uh, by Victor Wooten, uh, the bass player. It's his second book. I think this one's called The Spirit of Music. I went and saw him in Bloomington. Okay. And he, uh, just like two weeks ago, and I got to meet him afterward and got an autograph and everything. Oh, Let him know I was a, a member of his, or uh, alumni of his base camp. He acted like he remembered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah. He's a really special man. I, I, he probably did. He did he too. say, don't hurt yourself, Grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't go there. Um, so that book, Spirit of Music, uh, been watching 
like uh, House of uh, what is it called? House of Cards. No, House of Dragon. House of Dragon. Oh, House of Dragon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I've been mm-hmm. watching that, which is I don't know. Yeah. You watch it. Are you yeah. watching uh, Only Murders in the Building? Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Watching that with a group of friends, and we're all up to the last episode now. Oh. And we're I all, feel we're so all out of it. Everyone, everyone watched the first season, and I missed out. Well, and up. now they're all watching the second season together. Catch up. I know. <laughs> I feel like I've missed out on that. Got one. a that's whole a weekend fun, coming that's up. Been a fun yeah. program to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty well done. Yeah. Um, what else? Music, man. I have music on all the time. I have heads, headphones on most of the time. I And I'm actually trying to be cognizant of not damaging my ears because yeah. I use them all the time. Mm. But, oh. Always. Eric, we wanted to tell you thank you for being a part of where we landed today. It's so honored to be here. Yeah, yep, you, you were worth the wait. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you've been fantastic. And, well, and I'm really glad that you landed here in Grant County. So it's. Uh, I am too. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's, you have to get away for a while before you realize what you got i think maybe yeah so so it's been great having you and uh for those who are listeners be sure and like us wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll look forward to seeing everybody next week see ya today's podcast was engineered by kyra montero of frequency canvas